The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D-O-Double-G. And with me tonight is the man behind the sound effects at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? We also have at RoddyCat on Twitter. Hey, 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 doing tonight? Doing well. Hopefully everyone else is. I think so. And we are the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. And make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. On the homepage are links to our social media accounts. One, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and the Occult Slitter Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. And while you're on the site, make sure to buy some Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch us by going to theclicknation.com forward slash live. And make sure to use the hashtags Comic Chronicles and CBCron if you're talking comic books on social media to follow the conversations. So yesterday, last night, slash today, was the big uh, domestic release of Star Wars The Last Jedi, which we all three saw. Yep. He's got some Star Wars boxes sitting behind him, I think I saw. Probably, yeah. Yeah, to your left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are Star Wars uh, boxes or uh, comic boxes? Those are, um, they're like the um, those uh, Marvel boxes that usually open on the show. Okay. Basically the same type things. The same type boxes. So, before the show, I heard Agent 70 saw a 6 o'clock showing. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 6 p.m. Thursday evening. How about you, Roddy? Seven o'clock. Okay, I was the the, the night owl with the nine thirty. <laughs> and it's a long movie, so if you have not seen it, uh, plan accordingly. Don't be like me and get home and get in bed at one o'clock in the morning to then turn around and wake up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh man! And take a jacket and hopefully some aspirin if you have back problems. Yeah, my wife. We we went to a different theater. Then we normally go to, it's like right down the street from the other one, both AMC, because they bought Carmichael. But um, usually we we like the smaller theater because like the we always seem to go to the same theater where they have, they always seem to use the same theater for their uh, Thursday night releases. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it seats maybe 20. With the reserved seating? Yeah, oh. with the reserved seating and the nice, comfy, declining, mm-hmm. reclining chairs. So we like that setup. But um. I waited a little too late to 
Oh, buy tickets. Buy tickets for it. And they still had some left, but it was like up front and it was like scattered out. I don't think they had any two next oh, to each other. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, uh, at Matt Wang 97. Shout out to at Matt Wang 97. Thank you for uh, coordinating the, uh, the ticket purchase. So he was able to get these tickets. They were all the way up front, but we were in reclined seating. So, you know, by lying all the way back in the reclined seating, it didn't seem so bad sitting all the way up front. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid that now, if possible. Yeah, and my situation was the same thing. It was like, so my theater was had just gotten their um their renovation before uh, Thor Ragnarok happened. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time. That was the first time it, I had to get. That was the first time I got reverse reserved seating. But I was kind of late getting tickets and ended up getting up like right up front. Like front left, it was like it was not yeah, a great. I was, <laughs> yeah, it was not as great as the seats, but yeah, like like you said, uh, leaning back, you, it's yeah, uh, you recline the chair all the way back. You're basically like lying down. Um, it's actually not terrible. It's the really the only way to make it work. So yeah, I'm kind of tall, and and sometimes leaning back like that, and especially, and I had my coat, my jacket with me, which probably was an, another fault that was kind of pressed up against me because those seats are not that you know not terribly wide, but they're comfy. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, just, uh, you know, just, just for reference, I guess my seats were, you know, were pretty comfortable, but I made sure to take my coat off and I was kind of using yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I did, but I'm saying you got to put it somewhere. So it's like, you know, like a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I was super comfy. Can't you tell? Um, so, <laughs> so I'm going to ring the spoiler bell because any even broad stroke discussion of the movie will uh, probably be uh, rife with spoilers. We're probably not going to get too in depth with uh, some of the uh, the commentary, but just in case, here's the spoiler bell. You have been forewarned. If you have not yet watched Star Wars: The Last Jedi, you may want to fast forward until we're done. Here we go. Okay. Oh yeah, did you like it? As I mentioned, I saw it on an IMAX theater. Oh, which, honestly, I couldn't really notice a difference, but at least I can say I pay extra money to sit in a huge IMAX theater. So we instead of our sh- uh, smaller theater, we did it at the IMAX down the street. Now it's a you know, it's a regular theater, but they you know one of the screens is IMAX at least. They may have two IMAX screens, but. Uh, at least one of them they did star wars and somehow we were able to find two seats in the uh, very back so we were all the way in the back back wall nice okay. view. sure you get like the full screen effect yeah nice but yeah, to contrary, your... I'm about to say, contrary to what uh at matt wang 97 just tweeted we did not get foot massages hmm. <laughs> that's the one thing we did not get <laughs> sorry tim go ahead now i was gonna say to answer your question yes i enjoyed it i liked it too i liked it too although i have to admit um I, at the end of the movie, I felt like this, you know, I, I it was I, melancholic was the best word I could come up with because yep. there's a feeling that you get knowing what, ha- what has happened in real life and what happens on the screen and how that impacts your take on the ending of the movie. There is, you know, this just kind of, you know, not a, a not a overwhelming sense of sadness, but it's just kind of like, oh, mm. well, you know, like you just kind of feel you kind of feel just like like, like the, some pangs of sadness towards the end of the movie. But before we get to the end of the movie, we have the entire movie to discuss two hours and a half worth of, uh, of story, which, you know, uh, like it or not really does set up a new status quo in terms of who is leading the resistance and who is, who are the primary players. I was about to say, going back to what you were just saying, um, it's not even just the, the end of the movie. It's, um, 
basically going into it and even halfway through it because you do recognize that this is a new trilogy and this is not the classic trilogy and that people get put off by the fact that like one force awakens was too much like uh, a new hope Mm -hmm. Uh, and this one while does why still have shades of uh, empire strikes back is not and they even go so far as to say a matter of fact yeah there's a couple of lines in the movie that you can see in the trailers that basically you know uh telegraph itself like when luke says like is that's not going to this is not going to end how you think it does even though except for the fact that it does in a couple of spots it really kind of doesn't right and you could tell that like going forward and like this is a new trilogy for you know newer well not necessarily newer fans it's new and old fans because they still managed to put in some references for older fans and that kind of stuff but you can tell they're kind of going away from all the other stuff and they even say like they during the course of the movie it was like nope the past gotta go kill everything <laughs> and move forward and this is it's what they seem to be trying to do with this one yeah yeah that definitely is you know what they they seem to be doing so that may not put off uh some folks but it, once you recognize that and, and you might be all right with it <laughs> you may have a better time at the at the um at the movie like you have to resign yourself to saying like okay this is this is not what you think it's going to be right so and to be honest uh, th- there is a there I don't know if it's completely been broken because there are some some story points that have yet to be revealed um, in this new trilogy. But you know, up until now, this uh, the Star Wars saga, you know, all you know, eight of the movies so far, um, you know, that are like kind of like the primary story are the story of the Skywalker lineage, right? And you start to wonder what's going to happen in the next one. Obviously, there's still stuff yet to be revealed, and um, the the entire Skywalker bloodline hasn't yet been extinguished because you know we still have a bad guy out there with the you know with the bloodline, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I, I was more pleased with Adam Driver's depiction of Kylo Ren here than the whiny brat he was in The Force Awakens. Yeah, he's leaning into it now. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, it makes it more you know he's he's more despicable. He's more you know like if you thought he was annoying before, he's super annoying now so he's like you know really leaning into it like i wanted to cut him i'm like i'm gonna cut you man <laughs> he was he, he was a pretty good uh villain and I'm trying to think some other highlights without getting spoilery um i know this is starting to get we, i like the or i appreciate the uh answers of ray's parent parentage I still think there's a swerve to be had in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're completely finished with it, but I do like the the, the way they the road they took it down. It's like, look, this, this doesn't seem like what we what people are thinking may or may not be the case. Right. I also like that story took place within what was probably the span of like two days, story wise. Yeah, yeah it seemed like something like that. Days, yeah, everything just... that went on with the resistance in the first order, uh, Finn and Rose's journey. Or mission, and then Luke and Ray on Act Two. Is that how it's pronounced? I'm pronouncing it how it's spelled. <laughs> Act Two. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, there were there were some interesting ways they they took some things, and, and one slightly even for this universe. Um, I don't want to say impossible, but highly improbable. Takes on how, how they dealt with some a couple of things. Are we talking physics? Uh, there's that's one of them. 
Okay. Because that was a, you know, like, uh, you know, since I'm at Wang 97 is definitely uh, listening uh, live to the show right now or watching live. Um, you know, one of our, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the folks who uh, watched the movie with us was definitely having issues with uh, one of the, um, the, the, the physics uh, with some of the physics behind um, one of the, the major uh, uh, scenes, you know, allowing, um, let's just put it this way, allowing uh, an escape in space to happen. Mm. And, uh, you know, it has to do with, uh, you know, light speed and matter. And I was like, you know, I, I, was, I was ready to pull out, uh, you know, Einstein's well, you know, that- and go and, you know, and, and start chomping on that. Right. So, uh, and, and as we all, as we know, space physics and movies are, are not, are not going to be one to one with what you know what's been established in real life, but well, we think it is right, right, and and we and especially in a universe where we have the force, right, and light speed travel, right, right, and light speed travel, yeah, like, like there were some things that's like, huh, that's that's weird that that happened like that, but again, especially when in the last movie a similar thing happened, well, not necessarily a similar thing happened, but I guess a a slightly similar thing happened uh, in the first movie. That it was like, well, wait a minute. If hyperspace works like this, and they use it like two, three to two, two times, and nothing happened around it, it seemed like this happening in this movie, you know, should <laughs> have been the case. Because I know what scene you're talking about there, but um, yeah, like I said, and then there was some actually force related stuff that's like got me. Uh, I think I tweeted this out last night. That, that's some force related stuff that was like, okay, I know this is a possibility, but. This even was still seemed rather impossible with what I know about how a couple of things with that works, especially that's been explained right in, right. in that kind of stuff and how a certain character kind of manifests. Mm. In, or, you know, right. so there's it's funny what's funny about uh Star Wars now, right? This is supposed to be you know a brand new uh not interpretation but a brand new start to the Star right. Wars. Um, universe and all the uh, the stuff that came post uh, trilogies uh, really doesn't count, you know, to a certain well, extent. Yeah, but but the things I'm referencing to does count because it is right, 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 exactly. Because what I was going to bring up is there's a few things that have been established in the animated universe, right? right that are canon. And what I was going to reference is I want I'm wondering if some of the stuff that has been established either in role playing or in some of the other um, comics and um, other uh, and, and novelizations have started to uh, maybe uh, manifest to use, you know, the word that you're referencing, you know, that they used to reference something that um, happens in the movie uh, are used to, uh, you know, uh, to affect in this movie. I'm wondering if that's not what they're tapping into. I mean, they've already shown that to be the case in the last movie in certain things, because obviously, you know, especially with like say only force wielders, you know, use lightsabers. And we found out that that's not the case. Right. It was something that came out of the comics, whether that was, you know, right. I think, yeah, I mean, just to just to, just to you know, just to add something to this before we move on, um, I definitely remember something. A buddy of mine bought me um, a, a Star Wars role playing book, and um, you know, just just for fun, he wanted to try to get into you know, try to you know, like uh, assemble like a role playing group. Um, we're talking like you know, not quite ten years ago, and from what I remember, the way the rules worked was that. Um, force users and force sensitive people could wield lightsabers, but it all depended on how adept at the force you were. And non-force users or non-force sensitive people really couldn't wield a lightsaber because 
they didn't just, you know, like it, there, there wasn't that kind of heft to it. And that's right. what, one of the weird things about, you know, seeing uh, Finn running around with one, unless they, you know, unless they reveal that he's force sensitive as well. Which uh, I think he, I think uh, John Boyger came out in the last movie and said he's not or something. I think it, it, it may have came out and said he's not. Okay. I mean, this, the last, this movie in the last movie, I believe, I, I might be wrong. Right, we know which, he, goes to, yeah, which we, goes to the point, right? Which goes to the point right, that you know, they're, they're kind of going in a different because direction because of his training as a stormtrooper. We do that part, we do know, and he's been trained to fight against Jedi's with his training. So, you know, that could translate into he, like, he could turn around and use a lightsaber, I guess. Mm, well, could. Right. so you know, that's that, that's a, a point of contention, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I said, there's the. the the more force, force focused things are the things that, that kind of got me. Cause like I said, there's been uh, a question since Clone Wars that well, has also, been. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to finish your thought and I was going to get into another force related thing. Well, go for it. Okay. You might, you might be thinking about the same thing. Well, another another um, thing that has been teased ever since Return of the Jedi was another character being more than force sensitive, being, you know, someone who is in terms right. of the force and mm-hmm. using it to uh, sometimes spectacular effect and seeing this particular character use the force in, 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 in very different ways um, it was pretty shocking to me and I felt like there was a hush in the crowd you know right I'm sorry but before the new canon was established yeah her, this character was potentially uh, greater than one of the other characters had, had a better you know had a was more powerful than one of the other characters, but they never used it. Right, right, right. They never so, really used it. Yeah, it didn't have a right. It didn't have a grasp on on the use of it, mm-hmm. or manipulating it. So right. seeing this seeing this character, you know, use it to, to such an effect, to such a great effect that yeah. uh, you know, I honestly could swear I could hear a pin drop in the in the theater because I think everyone went like this, <gasps> but very mm-hmm. quietly. Right. Yeah. And um, on the other side of that, there was I, I, I kind of messed myself up during the course of the movie because I spent a good 30, maybe 45 minutes thinking something's going to happen to this person. Something's going to happen to this person. And we're not talking about the same person, but mm-hmm. something's going to happen to this person. And it did, just not in the way that I thought it would. Right. But it's like, okay, I'm just w- sitting here waiting for like, all right, this is going to happen. Just go ahead and go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. And then it just teases out and teases out and teases out. And then it happened. And then when it did happen, I was like, that's how it happened? Really? <laughs> okay. Right. They really, like I said, they're, they're really kind of sweeping, sweeping stuff out, um, including what we thought to be the big bad. You know, they're just like, went and took care of that, like real quick. And not even real quick, but, you know, normally that would have been, you know, the, the next movie thing where they got rid of this, uh, the, the big bad person or what, who we thought to be the big bad person. And now they're just like, nope. Yeah, that, I, I, Tim. What did you think about that? Were you taken aback by that? About what part? About the about the person that we thought was the big bad behind the entire um, first order, kind of being whacked <laughs> um, uh, unceremoniously um, in the middle of the second movie. Which you can kind of take it as when it, when Dooku got Count Dooku got taken taken out, you know, in the, pre, the the prequels. Yeah, but at the same time, we were all expecting Palpatine. We were just right. waiting for Palpatine to emerge. Whereas right. I guess to a certain extent that's what we're getting here. Yeah, I guess. Um, it leaves me curious to see how this episode nine is going to play out. I like the the moment when it happened. I'm again being spoiler, even though we said someone's taken out already. Right. But um, 
and the fight that happened after that was pretty cool. Yes. Cool yes, visual. It's better, yeah, cool it's, I would say it's better. It's one of the better choreographed um, lightsaber duels and fights. You know, it's mm. definitely on par with uh, Phantom Menace. You know, we're talking Maul and uh, and Obi Wan and and Qui Gon. Yeah. Even um, though. I- there's going to be some stupid person that's, that's going to call one of the participants in that fight, you know, like this person should never do that because they weren't trained, even though they were trained in the course of this movie and this and that and other, you know, all kind of rapple about that dumbness. Well, I would say that in this, what's funny in this movie is that if we're going to talk about the one person not being trained, I think we, we, we've seen this person's combat prowess um, uh, uh, displayed, you know, in, in multiple settings and even, you know, with the training and the use of a, of a lightsaber, we're not even spoiling anything with that. Um, right. Saw, you know, some of that um, during the course of the movie. So I don't think that's a valid argument. Well, it's not, but that's never stopped people from doing it. Like oh, even in the, in the even in the last movie, there was like, how does this person be able to do this and this and this? I and mean, they haven't been trained in the force. And when never mind the fact that the, the farm boy who's never been anywhere happens to pilot a um, an X wing and blow up a, a a death ray machine and learn the force. I mean, and be <laughs> death in the force in one all in one movie. Yeah, you know, people are right with that, but this person comes along with <laughs> with some combat training beforehand. But they call this person, you know, like overpowered and this and, that and the other. Sure. I don't know. It's uh, it's all crazy. It's a Mary Sue, but anyway. Yeah, basically, when it's not even. So, <laughs> all right. Um, let's see what else. Uh, honestly, I'm 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 very happy. Although you know, I'm I'm glad. Uh, you, you know, I'm spoiling something here. I'm gonna ring the bell. Um, but thank God we still got Chewie. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of. I, Although you know what's gonna happen next, next exactly, uh, exactly. I'm just like, oh, I now I know what's gonna happen in the next one. Oh, that's gonna suck. Like, like, because we do know. I mean, not saying that they're gonna use that the the book that something does happen to him. Because I think that's not even canon anymore. But that's not to say that you know something couldn't. Exactly. But um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Like they there there's some new characters introduced. One of them I thought was someone else, but ends up wasn't. But that person's not gonna be around. For the next movie, anyways, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, some central love interests, right? That we thought was was the case or, or different. Right. I'm kind of spoiling things here, but Phasma's a punk. <laughs> Phasma's a punk. I mean, the actress behind Phasma is the actress behind Brienne of Tar, right? Mm-hmm. I see that 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 was kind of a thing. Like now, that fight scene that she was spoiler that fight scene that she was in was better than pretty much anything they they almost anything they gave her in the first force awakens anyway right that was cool and i don't think you know i think they just did the same thing with her at the end of that in force awakens in here then you know so i, I think she's i'm hoping you know i, I said for the next one they thing. yeah i apologize i said brain of tar it's tarth don't all the game of thrones people start jumping on me i just finished watching the stupid thing like months ago relax <laughs> <laughs> your, your card's still safe sir <laughs> so anyway um uh, yeah, you're right. they don't they don't they haven't really used her that effectively outside of that one fight yeah um uh whatchamacallit uh benicio del toro's character is memorable yet forgettable at the same time mm-hmm. you know there's certain there's certain aspects to it yeah, going back to what I was what I was saying uh, a second ago, Laura Dern's character. I'm like, okay, I thought that I at first I thought this character was a character out of um uh Princess Leia's miniseries and it wasn't. And I was kinda bummed about that. But um oh, I thought maybe she did no she didn't. No. 
but she is out of a book. She's just not out of that book, um, apparently. I'm like, well, dang, they could have used her a little bit more, right? So, but I guess they're setting up. You know, they they like I said, they've they've gotten rid of a few. They're they're getting rid of some some, some classic folk, including one um, chair spinning calamari. Yeah, folk. yeah, we lost them. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a little unceremonious, but um, but for next up we got some new new folks in the fold, and they're they're taking up the charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that's pretty much. I think that's pretty much it in terms of like trying not to spoil anything, because yeah. some huge things that happen in this movie, like we said, we are spoil some things. Yeah, of course. But in terms of like the in terms of the main right in terms of the main things that we could spoil, at the end of the day, we all know there's a massive shift in the points of focus for the for the story. Mm. The only other, the only other things I wanted to bring up was that one, we know, like we know, Carrie Fisher's not going to be around for the next film, right? And this film kind of did her all, I guess, the best that they could do. But at the same time, it also left it open to like, well, wait a minute, what are they going to do now that she's no longer alive for the next one? Even though she's still, you know, presumably, yeah, that's not even presumably, but you know, she's still in the world. Yeah, I mean, and they could always digitally recreate to a certain extent. Um, but I think they said they weren't going to do that, given the 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 issues in Rogue One. But I don't, there's, yeah, who's not the, the the next movie is some ways away, so you're probably right about that. And I think the other thing was that um, I don't know if y'all noticed this. There was a there was a common line between this movie and a, a character's line in Black Panther. Did you did you guys notice that? Black Panther. Mm-hmm. What, so. What so spoiler, Luke's uh, so Luke's talking to uh, Yoda. Mm. I'm gonna burn it down. I'm gonna burn it all down. Are you talking what, about the second trailer? Uh, I mean, I think it's been in most of the bigger the Black Panther trailers. Oh. But yeah, but Michael B. Jordan's character says, "I'm gonna burn it all down," and Luke says pretty much the same thing. I gotcha. Yeah. So I I, I thought I got a good a good chuckle out of that one, even though I'm pretty sure that wasn't intentional. Yeah. Thankfully, I was not spoiled. Um, as to the appearance of one Frank Oz um, voiced character, and I was very—I thought that model was kind of crazy looking. Yeah, someone got a little creative with their, you know, with their artifacts. I did like having the Avengers trailer play in 3D in, in big IMAX. I was very happy about that. I got it in 3D. That was pretty cool looking. <laughs> so, you, do you guys think you may watch this again? That's what I was wondering. I'm not sure. Because I was thinking about it as I was leaving the theater. I'm like, and partially it was due to this, the seating and me not being able to be get 100% comfortable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, I might actually go back and watch it again. I'm not sure. It might be a week or two. You know, I might wait for the, the craziness to die down and try to get a good seat like Tim, you know, like kind of in the back of an IMAX theater, like a real IMAX theater, you know, like the one real IMAX theater here in the city up at Lincoln Square. And just kind of like try to get the best seats I can for that and just watch it there and see if I can, you know, like get a better feel for it. Right. I mean, but I had a good time watching it, you know, like, uh, like we were saying before and what I was telling, you know, uh, at Matt Wang 97 and, uh, other compatriots who watched the movie, you know, I liked it. You know, I just had this, you know, melancholic feeling at the end, you know, because of the, the changing of the guard that is forced, you know, like as a, as a result uh, uh, force. Uh-huh. Ah, pun intended, right? No, that is forced because of the, you know, the, the 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 stage of the story that we're in and the age of the characters that we grew up with. Well, I think it's, it, I don't know about force. I think it, it it's an intentional. They intentionally are going away from all that, you know, right. especially yeah. with aging of the characters and all that kind of mess. But you know, this is supposed to be a new trilogy for you know 
a new crowd, so right. to speak. So, uh, no, nah, I think that was all that was totally intentional, not necessarily forced, but yeah. It's, Already it's sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pun. Yes. So, with our last Jedi discussion ended, we'll get to the comic book reviews, beginning with Mr. Miracle number five, as I rush to get the covers up. <laughs> but as. Let's see if these are actually in alphabetical order. Oh, yeah. So this is Scott Free's last free day on Earth, or free last day day before his uh, execution. Mm-hmm. So the thing I wanted to ask is, have we established um, a, a concrete bearing on the flashes that happened? Cool. You know how the, it's almost like a TV static, uh, like when the, the panels gets, when it gets fuzzy, you know. Yeah, when it gets fuzzy and kind of squiggly or whatever. Have we no, established? I don't think they have. Yeah, because I'm that part still. I'm I'm curious about as to how that plays in or what that is. Like, is that him? Is that real life changing into some kind of dream state, or is it you know just whatever? I assume we'll find out. Hopefully, we'll find that out near the end of right. the series. But uh, but other than that, it, it this was a neat read. Just like just just them like all a hundred. 20,000 panels. <laughs> <laughs> right. Them being uh, Mr. Miracle, Scott Free, and Big Barter. Mm-hmm. Which I say in my notes, get you a Big Barter. She will ride for you. <laughs> ride or die. So, uh-huh. Ride you. One or two. But anyway. Ah! Oh, where is the drum? <laughs> All right. So, as Tim was saying, it's a story. It's, you know, it's the story of... Um, uh, Scott Free's last day on Earth before uh, uh, the new High Father, um, you know, um, executes the sentence of death upon him. And uh, you know, if you want to find out how Scott Free would spend his last day on Earth, read this to find out. Um, They're a perfect couple, by the way. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big Barter fan. Well, I can totally understand that. <laughs> what I was going to say for her man. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She rides. She rides for him. Yeah. Especially at the end of, of this issue, but you know, we won't go into that. Exactly, exactly. No, but that's a great that's a great way to put it because he you know, the, there is a cliffhanger ending to this and uh um you know what we see is that, you know, definitely Barda is ride or die with the with the Scott Free. Um but during the, the bulk of the uh the issue, you know, we kind of see them spending time together, hitting the sites and doing very um doing kind of like a walk down memory lane in the sense that we're, we're dealing, we're finding a lot of Kirby-esque things. Um, one thing we see is uh, a visit to um, uh, the, uh, I don't know if this exists. I didn't have a chance to Google this. Uh, Jack Kirby has, a, I guess, a, a, a cement handprints in, in, in front of Grumman's Chinese Theater. I don't know if that's true. But they do visit that. And we also see another Kirby creation from uh, the New Gods, which is a funky Flashman. I forgot about him. And we all know who Funky Flashman is based on, right? Nope. Oh. No. Uh, like Stan Lee. That's right. That is right. That is right. Funky Flashman is based on Stan Lee. This is when uh, uh, Jack Kirby was not a, a, a member of Stan Lee's fan club. And, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, obviously um, uh, after there's uh, a rift in their relationship um, and, and Kirby moves over to DC, creates the new gods, and creates this character named the Funky Flashman. And anyone who uh, wants to look into this more should 
read up on uh, Jack Kirby's history and find out, uh, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the history behind the, um, some of the bad feelings between the two um, kind of um, founding fathers of the Marvel universe. So the only reason why, and I have, I, we've, we've established this before, but like, I don't have that much knowledge of the new gods and anything. So I didn't know anything about this character. The only reason why I thought it was, Stan Lee is because the first thing he says, one, when he first comes up and the first thing he says when he, when he shows up, mm. that's, that's what, that was the only thing that gave me a clue to it. Gotcha. 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 That's right. Hey, true believers. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see uh, Tom King, you know, dive headlong into that and incorporate that into, um, you know, this Mr. Miracle story, um, especially, you know, uh, mild spoiler alert. You know, I mentioned it earlier. They do visit, you know, Barda and, and uh, Mr. Miracle do, uh, visit, um, uh, the, you know, the cement hands of uh, Jack Kirby. And, uh, you know, this, uh, this issue seems to be an ode to, uh, to Kirby's, uh, uh, you know, if, if not this whole series is an ode to Kirby's uh, New Gods creation. And there's a swerve at the end. There is. All right. So that's Mr. Miracle number five. Yes, it's, uh, it's definitely not going to be the best issue uh, for you to pick up as your first issue. Of Mr. Miracle, I I think it's fair to say you should definitely go back and reread, if not the first four, at least the last one or two, just to get a better feel of where this book has been mm-hmm. and where the story might be. Going. I would probably need to go back and do all 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 four. Yeah, and it's it's not a difficult read. You get the gist. No, but you still you would still want a slight bit of knowledge on the new gods, even though it, it it's nothing. Like, yeah. it's nothing heavy duty that department but you would still kind of want to know like what's the relationship with some of these people it would definitely help because i don't know all the back deep background with all the characters so i do feel like i'm missing something but it's still good enough where i don't let it stop me from continuing to read it sure basically yeah sure enough all right so president bartlett what's next uh let's go to part two of the venom inc sure that's amazing spider-man number 792 Yes, that issue. As I get the cover going here. Uh, where is it? So I definitely need to go back and read the, the first Venom Inc. Um, uh, issue. Alpha. Yeah, the Alpha issue. I did not read that. But thankfully, um, Slot and Company, uh, this is a, a, a story by Dan Slot and Mike Costa. Um, this particular issue is scripted by Dan Slot. Um, thankfully, they do a good job of um, fill, getting us up to speed on the, uh, the intro page. In my notes, I wrote that uh, there's lots of jokes from Spider-Man as he hides his secret identity, identity from Flash Thompson slash Anna Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Price, as the new maniac moniker, makes a move on Black Cat's territory. And what else? Oh, yeah. So he moves, makes his move with his uh, gang of symbiotes, he being Lee Price. Right. So and we have Ryan's statement again on art. So I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was going to mention that that uh, it's the it marks the return of uh, Ryan Stegman to the main Amazing Spider-Man book. Yep. So I wanted to mention very quickly that uh, um, they've re- you know they've kind of reintroduced the uh, the anti-venom uh, uh, character, and um, they've also um, uh, re-examined where Flash Thompson is now because, you know, as a former uh, wearer and wielder and former uh, symbiotic partner uh, with the symbiote, with the alien symbiote, um, the Venom symbiote, um, you know, seeing where he is now and how he fits into this because, you know, when last we saw um, 
uh, Flash Thompson, I guess, before the Venom miniseries, um, you know, that introduced uh, 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 this Lee person. But um, at the end of the day, uh, it's interesting to see where Flash Thompson is now mentally, having been stripped of the uh, uh, the symbiote and what he's looking to do um, in the pages of the story. And I think that's about the main it was a issue there was a lot of time spent with Spider-Man and Anti-Venom uh Flash wanting to help his symbiote friend and Spider-Man wanting to get rid of it any way possible right right and as is want as it is want to have happen in these uh uh symbiote related uh, uh storylines I remember Maximum Carnage oh shudder um <laughs> the cliffhanger page in this book shows that uh um there's uh lots of uh symbiotes and symbiotic uh relationships to go around. We'll put it that way. All right. Where do you want to jump to next? Get this train moving. Yeah, what do you guys read? Uh let's see here. Um anybody read Falcon number three? No, but go for it. Go for it. Okay. So I'm intrigued by this. Um so and matter of fact, I had to catch up with the last uh, the last issue before prior to this because I had, hadn't had a chance to. But now that I have, like I'm still kind of like it. So this is um, Falcon and the New Patriot up against uh, Blackheart, aka Mephisto's son, because he's trying to take over the Earth by <laughs> starting gang violence. I guess I, I don't know. It was, it was, that was that premise was slightly weird, but I'm like, okay, sure, it's not any weirder than much else that we've seen lately. And uh, in my notes, I got like, "Geez, uh, Sam just can't stay out of out of jail or scrutiny because he's in Chicago trying to help out, you know, with um, with, with uh, gang relations, and that ends up going south and st- ends up starting a whole riot, which uh, he and Patriot are trying to to deal with in this issue. Um, we see one Doctor Brother Voodoo come into play, uh, and there's some nice banter between uh, he and. And a nice little sort of pep talk between he and Sam, because Sam's still kind of um, f- feeling some way about himself, which normally would have been Misty kicking him in the, you know, if, if, if I guess if he was still Cap, <laughs> Misty would have been the one kicking him in his butt, you know, telling him, hey, get your, get, get, get back out there and do your thing and whatnot. But um, I, I like um, the interplay between those two. But like the Dr. Voodoo does also play another part where, you know, obviously, since this, uh, a supernatural thing he helps out with that and they end up finding out um what he knew but sam finds out you know who's behind this and then they end up taking the fight to uh not only once but twice to to blackheart and um you know which there's a couple of nice little fights uh uh skirmishes between sam and some crowds and one of which that um one page of which that I think I posted up on CB Caps, which was which was a cool one to see. So yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah, it was like it's a lot more hardcore than what we're used to seeing, and that's what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see uh, you know the Falcon's capabilities not amped up to where it's unreasonable, but it definitely looks like oh, he. But you, but know? you could tell that his his time is capped. His his has um has helped his. I mean, not to say he wasn't capable because he was trained by Steve, so it's not like he wasn't capable beforehand. He even says something here, like, yeah, you know, going back to something, um, excuse me if you hear that noise outside, but that's my crazy neighbor. Um, but yeah, like his training has never been, you know, put such hard use, except right. for when he was a kid. 
cap, you know, the times where we've seen him as cap, you know, but even without that in his abilities, he is not, not he is still a formidable, formidable fighter. Sure. And is he wearing uh, bulletproof stuff? Finally? Uh, yes. Cause you see, yes. yes. I want to say, uh, cause yeah, he, cause he still has his vibranium wings and I want to say his suit may be also made of vibranium or something. Cause yeah, even in the course of this, you see like they're shooting at him and he's, they're bouncing off of him. Right. Thank goodness. Yeah. Good for him. That's what so, I've been asking for the character forever. You know what I mean? Just like the slightest upgrades in terms of, you know, like combat readiness and, and equipment. Just a little. Just a little. And yeah, he even has a few more gadgets outside of that, you know, um, th- that, that come into play during this, you know, in the last couple of days. Yeah, that's what I was getting at in terms of, um, you know, not amping his, his abilities up, you know, too much. But just, you know, within reason so that he's, uh, you know, uh, not just, you know, like, I, uh, what, what did I used to say? Like, he's not just like the fairy. Right, he's not a fairy servant. They didn't do like a like they did with um like they did with the animated version and give him like although maybe they did and I don't know that it hasn't come to play yet. But they didn't give him full computer armor. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean like like wings that just shoot out like arcade arcade or something. Right, right, right. right. That part, yeah. Or they have and it's just on show. But either way, I said there's there's some good fights uh, stuff in here. And at the end of this issue, we uh, see. A potential um, Mortal Kombat like um, event happening that will take um, take Sam into the next issue or not. Gotcha. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this was a good issue though. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, this is like, looks like this is a little bit more than I wanted to see from um, Sam while he was Cap. But you know, like I said, there was always something going on or something. Yeah. Yeah, and him being in trouble with the law still that still hasn't changed apparently, but still, you know. All right, good stuff. Tim, um, how about we talk about some of the X Men corner, the X Men books that uh, came out this week? I read two out of the three that you read. I read yeah. Jean Grey number ten and Weapon X number twelve. Okay, I was even going to suggest we could maybe just start rapid firing these. Oh yeah, we could that we could do that too, but we got these two books, so we can definitely uh, cover them very quickly. So X Men Blue, I said the original X Men landed in the year twenty ninety nine, where they meet the X Men of twenty ninety nine. They learn that they took over Aquamets and only made things worse through. Oh, I need to switch for me on my phone to actual spreadsheet so I can see. Uh, they learned that they took over Aquamets and only made things worse through gentrification. Plus, Magneto's time machine is pre-programmed with set coordinates. Next time jump takes them to meet Generation X. Wow. Degeneration X. Break it down. <laughs> okay. For the wrestling fans out there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. There's a certain generation of wrestling fans that are but I'm like I'm liking this uh, time journey that's going on. Hopefully it I'm sure they'll like jump to another time period in the in the following issue after they leave Generation X. But I hope that it kind of sort of settles this debate of what where they the original X Men belong belong in as far as the time stream. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good uh, thing. I haven't been reading Blue because I'm I've I lost all interest in keeping up with the original X Men in the you know in the present. Um, but what's ironic about that is I did read this week um, Jean Grey number ten, and the reason why I read it is because of the imminent return of uh, the OG Jean Grey, and that got me to read this book. And I had yeah, and I had not been reading this book. Um, uh, since it's, uh, since it's launch, you know, I mean, maybe the first few issues. Um, but, uh, what ends up happening in this issue 
um, you know, without my knowledge, uh, a lot of the um, the Phoenix Force users had already been gathered um, in uh, uh, previous issues, and um, the Phoenix Force itself has uh, has uh, has emerged on Earth and is g- coming after all of these former uh, uh, Phoenix Force users, and they're all on the run, and they finally make their way to um, a semi-safe house for a kind of a final confrontation with the Phoenix Force. But uh, there's a twist. That fa- that uh that uh, safe house is also the uh, Uncanny X Men's base. Back when Bendis was writing Uncanny X Men and All New X Men, Cyclops it was Cyclops's uh base up in Canada, Canada right? Former Weapon X facility, I believe. Exactly, exactly. And what's interesting um, in this issue is that all of these former um you know Phoenix Force wielders or users or future ones even um are you know are all bending together to try to protect the current Jean Grey. And what we find is that uh, the Phoenix Force knows what it's doing. It, it knows what the possible ramifications are of going after and trying to, uh, you know, uh, bond with um, the, the, uh, the time-displaced Jean Grey. And that is part of the cliffhanger page of this issue. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need y'all to spoil the, um, the result. Uh, as, uh, the result of this issue? Yeah, because I, 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 I'm looking at you know, I'm say, ring the bell, because Gene's dead. Yep. Dead, I say. <laughs> there is one more issue to this limit, to, to this series. This is the penultimate issue. There's one more. Yeah. I, I was hoping you were going to say Quentin Choir, but... <laughs> nope. Oh, that's what I was getting at in terms of, um, you know... Uh, what they're trying to do is protect the uh, the time displaced Jean Grey, and you know what what it turns into is um, what we find is that uh, the Phoenix kind of sees um, the the time displaced Jean Grey as being in the way, and deals with her thusly. Yeah, so, so I'm assuming... it's all leading up to the resurrection of Jean Grey miniseries, right? Mm. Yeah, and we'll have no more news on that later on. So that's that. Um, in terms of the other X books, the other one that we both read was Weapon X number 12. And um, what's funny about this is I actually had a good time reading this. I thought this was kind of a fun read because it's one of those, like, what do we do now? You know, we have all this free time on our hands. What do we do now? And, and, uh, and the way Soul wrote this, uh, this issue was kind of a fun, like, all right, what's the, what's the purpose of this team now that we're together? And, uh, you know, how do we get to our next mission? And you said I, Soul, but you mean Pack. Oh, is it Pac? I apologize. Great Pac. That's what, because I, uh, I was actually looking at um, Daredevil um, while we were uh, discussing this, and I meant to say Greg Pac, but um, but uh, Greg Pac was, uh, you know, is is uh, you know, kind of does a, a neat little twist um, in this issue. It's kind of like a very uh, 2017 way of finding their next mission, where it just falls into a lap. Yeah, by phone, by cell phone, by FaceTime, pretty much. <laughs> Getting a phone call. Sure, so sure. you know, cell phone or regular phone. Sure, whatever works. Oh, right. So the 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 title of the story is "Nuke Clear War," and that is a clear spoiler. Uh, and the cover is a clear spoiler of what character is meant to reappear in this issue. We are talking right. about one dude with uh, with the uh, American flag tattooed on his face. D man. Oh no. We are talking about one uh, nuke. Give me a red. And that's pretty much the gist of the story. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Without going too 
without going too far into it, there are a bunch of wannabe nukes that have been created, and the OG nuke um, uh, does make an appearance in this book. One of the one of the crazier things, though, that I saw was, um, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, the the way uh, nukes um, uh, uh, activation worked was that he was activated by pills, either deactivated or reactivated by using a red, a white, or a blue pill, and um, uh, there, there there are a couple of scenes in this issue where you just see like um, uh, uh, vats full of red pills, and it's and 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 just that part enough. As long as you're familiar with how you know these nuke based uh, characters seem to work, uh, just seeing all those pills, uh, you know, is pretty chilling. So, ask totally skip that on the web the crossover with totally awesome Hulk, where the weapon H was introduced. But I found I found this as a good jumping back, jumping back on point. So I, I'm going to see if I can keep up with this. Agreed. Agreed. I like, I like this as a good jumping on point too, because I, I, I also kind of shied away from the, uh, the, the, uh, the weapon H stuff. I guess this is their Marvel legacy debut. So cool. Cool. All right. And were there any other X books that you wanted to kind of rapid fire? Those are the two that we both read. Uh, let me jump and see here. Oh, that was it. No, all new Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, all you need to know for that is Laura's sister, Gabby, finally gets a code name, and it's perfect. It's it's kind of dope. I don't, I, know, I don't know a whole lot about this character, but I've read the article on it, and uh, that's pretty cool. Can yeah, I read I'm... the spoiler bell, and you can tell me what it is? Give me a second. <laughs> it's Honey Badger. <laughs> and she gets it from her brother, Dakin. You know, in, in that, but I'm like, well, I guess that makes sense given what has been said about that character. Like even I understood that, but I was like, okay, any better. That was, <laughs> and I will say, so this is like part three. Tyron Matthew, the, uh, does he play for the Cardinals now? Cardinals still. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So this was part three or four of the orphans of X storyline and all new, uh, Wolverine. Right. And I went back and start from the first, part and read up just so I know kind of get the gist of what was going on before I wrote that article and it's pretty good it's a, I'm going to try and give more attention to the et side of the universe going forward <laughs> we'll see if that lasts not every book because I'm not going to read Iceman or Generation X I don't think I'm, actually I probably need to give Generation X another another try because I, I read the first issue and I wasn't crazy about it I remember eons ago when Tim was the the main big X Men fan on 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 the panel. I still like my X Men. Drifted back and forth in in and out of it. Yeah, they added more books and stuff. So, okay. then they got uh, some miniseries, Rogue and Gambit coming. It's a good time to be an X Men fan, especially when we get to news. Yeah. <laughs> you want to rapid fire it now? Yes. Rapid yeah. fire. Let's let's uh, bring up the guns. Here we go. All righty, let's go. Uh, Detective Comics number 970. Uh, Tim is on a mission to make Gotham Knights, which is the Detective Comics team, the best unit the city's ever seen, which is scaring a lot of people, especially Stephanie slash spoiler. And Clayface is offered an option to be normal again. Uh, Titans number 18, which Ruddy Cat, okay. I think, read, right? Mm-hmm. You want to do that one? Uh, no, go for it. I'll, I'll chime in. Uh, the Titans defeat Troya. Uh, Wally West is alive. Roy admits his love for Donna. Karen and Mal are reunited again. Titans together. Yep. 
that that's about the size of it. the only other thing I would add to that was like, huh, that was interesting how Wally came back, and, it, and I guess it, I guess it kind of telegraphs itself also, given the fact that Kid Flash shows up. But right. uh, yeah, everything is all nice and neat, neatly tied up. Mm-hmm. And another, actually, my last. Let's see, make sure this is. Yeah, my last book of the week is another back title, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 17. The Outlaws team up with Suicide Squad to take care of some old New 52 business with the Colony, Harvest, and Nowhere. And uh, Bizarro is still smart, and it's just a matter of time before that comes back to bite Red Hood and Artemis. And I'm done. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and do mine. I got a couple. Uh, Let's see. Secret Warriors, number 10. Uh, the the team is getting still being framed by Mr. Sinister, who uh, you know, who um, used some kids as bombs. The team got like the team got framed, so they're kind of hiding out, but they're still trying to find Sinister uh, by way of Karnak. Karnak has um has his own plan of action, and he clearly doesn't care who's um who's in in the way, but it's also a good you know. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting turn of events on that front. Inferno does something stupid. Go figure. <laughs> um, and I think this is like the first time I've seen Ahura's power. Now I don't follow the humans, the humans side of the Marvel thing that closely, but um, yeah, okay, he's he's got some formidable powers, I guess. And uh, which is still weird about this is that Devil Dinosaur shows up in this. Which, if you've read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, he's not around anymore. But th- I think this whole thing has been taking place before that happens. There was a little something between uh, Inferno and Quake, and apparently Miss Marvel. Not necessarily. Well, I want to say a love triangle, but it's not even that deep. <laughs> but it still causes a slight bit of friction, and Magic's still around, kind of helping him out a little bit. So it's been a pretty good. It's still a pretty fun read on that part. Uh, let's see. Star Wars 40, since we are talking about Star Wars. Um, the crew is still on Jetta. The uh, Luke and uh, Benthic, um, with the help of the other crew, was storming this um, this imper- Imperial drill that has landed and tried to, that they were trying to get crystals from Jedi, what remains of Jedi, Jedi, excuse me. Um, Luke's don't really care for Bendix's character, uh, his uh, tactics, because he's kind of more of a guerrilla fighter, uh, and he doesn't care if, if any um, anybody gets killed or any of the rebels get killed. But the plan goes off, but then it introduces a, a another bigger issue that they're going to have to deal in deal with uh, going f- forward. So there is that. Um, that one, that one. Kellis Prime Superb Number Five. Um, so Kayla gets her new gives her uh, a new suit, um, and she wants to run off, kind of ha- half cocked, to get her um, her parents out of Forsyth's um, custody because they they um, they took her parents and Jonah's parents, um, you know, now knowing that they they are enhanced, so they they took the parents to get to them, but uh, the the young lady that's helping them, um, Abby. Was like you can't go out there without a plan. You don't even know how to use a suit. Uh, they, her, and Kayla spars a little bit, which she's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. I can't go in here, you know, without a plan or whatnot. So now they're going to. Um, so now they taught. I mean, she was taught how to use her suit, but she still needs to train and using her powers and get a plan together so she can go in and get her parents. And on the other side of that, Foresight's kind of leaning on her parent, their parents, to try to because 
to see what they know about their kids being um, enhanced or not. And on the other side of that, they are foresight training a group of young people, um, not necessarily X-Men style, but you know, weaponizing kids. But they're also going to use these kids to go after uh, Kayla and Jonah um, going into the next issue or so. And I think Jonah's oh, kind of hyped up about Kayla getting a superhero name. But um, this book has still been pretty good also. Um, there was not much action on this front uh, on this in this book, but outside of a, a fight scene here and there, we still don't know a whole lot about this Abby person. So hopefully we're going to get to know a little bit more about that. Cause she's just been helping, but we don't know anything about him. So, uh, hopefully that's going to turn into something. Um, and last but not least, black Panther long live the King. Number one. Now this is a comicsology original, um, much like that iron fist book that I was uh, reading a while back. This was, this is a, uh, the, so the comicology originals go to digital first, and then later on they get collected and, and put out to print. This book is was being uh, is being written by uh, Dr. Nadia Okofor. If you know her books, um, she's also done. I think she did an Edge of Venom verse story, or a um, having to deal with a, a future Black Panther or something like that, or a an alternative uh, Black Panther. Um, so in this issue. Uh, T'Challa sees a monster. It looks like that, that it's charging, that it's coming towards um, Wakanda. He seems to be the only one that sees it, but when this monster shows up, all of the vibranium stops working uh, and causes a blackout in Bernanzana, which causes um, the people you know, to deal with something that they have not have to deal with in, like, according to them, decades. We also get to see a little... Um, which was I thought was kind of amusing, a, a little, you know, inside the life of um, Wakanda flavor going on there in, in the midst of this blackout. But also some things happened that causes some issues and of some deaths and bats flying around. And so, so this leaves T'Challa to want to go find out, you know, what's going on with this monster and, um, you know, try to see what happened with all the, the vibranium. Uh, that they had because they had to ship in some new vibranium so they could power the city again and also his suit doesn't work but he's still going out which is kind of weird uh, I thought because it was like well if he would have known that the suit would run he would have tried to sit and try to figure out what was going on after that that's because you know him being a scientist as as well as anything else but I guess we will get to that um, but yeah we could see some some you know inner workings of Wakanda during times of crisis and um, there was a nice little easter egg at the end by the author um in the form of another book by an, an actual book by another author, which may end up taking a, a look at. And that is it. All right. I've just got two books for rapid fire. One is runaways. Number four. This is a really fun look at the youngest runaway and her adaptation to a pretty normal life. Um, it's night. You know, this is uh, the latest issue of uh, the runaways trying to get the band back together. And, uh, you know, it's the it's the first one where we find uh, a character who may not necessarily want to uh, rejoin the band. Um, the other book uh, that I have is Daredevil number five ninety six. This is what made me trip up and uh, forget that Greg Pak was writing the uh, current Weapon X uh, story. Uh, Soul is doing a great job with the current uh, Daredevil run with his current Daredevil run. Uh, this issue finds you know, continues the battle between Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk, but in a way that has not yet been seen before. And uh, it's pretty novel um, in terms of the relationship between these two characters. You know, now that the uh, the genie has been uh, put back into the bottle in terms of Matt Murdock's 
secret identity, it makes for, you know, a renewed, um, you know, uh, uh, different types of stories, you know, a, a renewal of the type of story that, that is, uh, that is uh, presented here, which is, you know, uh, you know, the, the secret identity still being in place and having uh, uh, the characters, uh, you know, kind of interact, um, not knowing everything. And uh, it, this is a, a pretty novel uh, confrontation between the two. So if you have not yet been reading Daredevil, um, I definitely recommend it. It's uh, it's rife with tension. The art is um, you know is pretty kinetic. I want to say that this is um, no, it's not. Uh, it's it's Stefano Landini. I made note to uh, to, to scroll back to the uh, uh, the artist's name because it's 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 not somebody that I was familiar with um, coming into this, but. Um, you know he's got a, a pretty fluid uh, art style, so it's uh, it definitely fits into um, uh, the current Daredevil aesthetic. Give this a shot, and that's it for me for Rapid Fire. It covers all my books, so I guess we're going to go into clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Oh, what is mine? Uh, oh, I know what mine is. Um, I'm going to go with Mr. Miracle. Yeah, Mr. Miracle Number Five. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, I would do that, but I'm not. Somebody's got to be difficult. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to go with, even though I did, I did enjoy Mr. Miracle a lot. So that's that is not saying that. But I think I am actually going to go with uh, Falcon number three. Nice. Um, I was also want to give a shout out to uh, Black Panther: Long Live the King number one. If you're a Black Panther fan, it is a different take on on, and it's actually a different art style um, than what we used to seeing. Um, so if you're a Black Panther fan, you should check that out. But def- definitely going with uh, Falcon number three. I'm hoping I remember to go and purchase that because I want to. I do want to check that out. Yeah, and you can su- subscribe to it just like you know. Comicsology. So there's that. And if you know, if you are so inclined, there's also some other pretty decent stuff on that Comicsology, especially Marvel stuff uh, on that Comicsology originals. Yeah, because the Iron Fist I need to read, and there's been a couple others over the. Uh, last two years that I need to give a, a read to that there was that um it was like a uh, on the Ghost Rider I think Christmas from last year or something oh, right it's been a couple yeah that I, I've heard something about that uh, that Thor Hulk book was full all right but I'm not sure I hadn't messed with it so yeah alrighty so with that we get into our first ad read for the night and we welcome aboard a new sponsor for the cold slither podcast network and that is blue aprons meal delivery service blue apron get fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with blue apron always shipped free right to your home and now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, you can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, Scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now for the cinematic news. And the news. 
meet the big screen Miles Morales in first trailer for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's a pretty fun trailer. Oh, yes. It looks very nice. There's an image up on the screen. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. references Marvel's Earth 616. Huh. It's funny, like, every time I get ready to record, I see, like, uh, some S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff go up online. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that comes on Fridays. Yep. Right right when we're recording. Yeah. I can't have it on in the background and not pay attention to it anymore. <laughs> uh, Punisher re-enlist for a second season on Netflix, which I just started the first season uh, a couple weeks ago. I think I'm maybe on like episode six or eight ish somewhere in between. And nope. so far so good. Nice. Heard it gets better. Come on. <laughs> oh no. Very angry. <laughs> what was that? Uh, Star Wars. Okay. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix will include McNeil's mutant island of Genosha. Is it really Magneto's mutant island? Yeah. Like the OG Genosha was, you know, like just this creation, you know, that uh, that the X-Men had to take down because it was supposed to be a mutant paradise, but it turned out that it wasn't. Yeah. But uh, it's probably spent more time being associated with him than not. So, Right. Uh, Woody Harrison in talks for Venom role. I wonder who he might play. Hmm. Who do you think? I actually don't know. Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Huh. He would play Cletus Cassidy for sure. Mm-hmm. All the way. Oh, that's good casting. Straight up natural born killers, right? Basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except with a symbiote. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars, Obi-Wan movie reportedly goes in, in, into production in 2019. Okay. Good deal, I guess. More. Well, as long as it's Ewan McGregor. Uh, which he has expressed interest in, and yeah, it sounds like it might be. As long as it's Ewan McGregor, that will bring people in because he's probably one of the 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 the, the, the redeeming characters of the first, you know, of, of the uh, the prequel trilogy. So now we're going into a whole ton of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, George Lucas says Star Wars: The Last Jedi was beautifully made. Still, was it better than the prequels? No, I'm just kidding. Oh no! <laughs> All hate mail can be directed to at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Whatever, hey, look, I, <laughs> I didn't see that as a true. I mean, look, I like the, the prequels; they were all right. I'm not gonna say they're better than any, uh, anything else, but whatever. But no, nah, that was a that was actually a joke. Although I think there was, I didn't put it in the lineup. Um, I just saw an article out there a few minutes ago that said Mark Hamill said something about the the prequels were more unique than Force Awakens or something like that. I don't know. Um, I see where he's coming from. Yeah. So anyway, Ryan Johnson's pitch for his Star Wars trilogy was short, sweet, and very exciting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's the Star Wars indie film we never knew we wanted. Oh, wait. Mind to skip something. Uh, Ryan Johnson supports calls for more diverse Star Wars directors. There you go. And since he's, you know, since he's got his new trilogy coming, he's in a position where he can make that happen if he wanted to. Yep. And, uh, and then, uh, Ryan, let's see. Oh, here's Star Wars. Here's the Star Wars indie film we never knew we wanted. It's about a storm love. It's about a love affair between a Rodian and a stormtrooper. Uh, Oh, I think it's from Funny or Die. Or something. Uh, early Thursday morning, the Disney sealed the Fox deal. Plans to reunite X-Men Fantastic Four with Marvel. No more Simpsons. Our long-standing nightmare is over. Woo! Simpsons <laughs> called it. <laughs> know, right? that, that also did happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Disney Fox deal includes Fantastic Four after all. No duh. There's a doubt? Well, apparently, initial. Well, you know, they have some. Uh, it like there's another studio tied into their rights somehow. Oh, like right. the distribution rights, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's still some stuff going on with the Namor stuff too. But that's that's with Universal. So, 
Right. Totally different. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that, that was initially, you know, obviously when this thing came down and there was questions and hot takes and all that kind of good mess about, you know, what it all entails. So sure. Uh, X-Men will join MCU, but Disney will look carefully at Fox Film Slate. So when I saw this earlier on uh, Twitter, it said the X-23 film might be uh, a casualty of this. And that's probably just because it's so far out. Or it may not happen at all. I don't know. So, well, I mean, originally it was planned, but it was probably going to be farther down the line. And at that point, they'll have moved X-Men over to the MCU, probably. Right. Which actually begins to be the problem where I'm seeing it. Because now that's this going to be starting, things are going to start folding in. That might mean, not necessarily Black Panther, but you know how Black Panther got Black Panther and Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel got pushed for Spider-Man. There, there's going to be more of that kind of stuff happening. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I think yes and no, um, because because I think they're pushing, uh, uh, especially with uh, you know how far along they are with Infinity and with Part Four and how they're going to be developing these upcoming characters. They I don't know if they're going to want to push the you know uh, some of these movies too far out. Right. Well, I mean, then we don't necessarily know what the full slate is. We just right. know there's stuff happening. So it's not like. You know, we are not in the situation we were in when Black Panther and Captain Marvel came about. Right. So, yeah, we're that much closer to Black Panther, and 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 uh, you know, like you know, we're just like we're that much further along. So, right. But uh, but just very quickly, uh, just as we uh, move away from some of this uh, the, the 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 merger news, um, I just wanted to just touch base with the uh, you know the with the with the panel and with our uh, our viewership and listenership. You know, what's funny about uh, some of the reaction to this is, you know, a, a lot of us, you know, especially fans of the Compa Chronicles, are happy that you know Disney is reuniting the the the, the film rights to uh, the Fantastic Four and um, the X Men with the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, you know to, to bring them back together and bring them home, really. So you know, welcome home to them. But at the same time, I think um, the the bigger picture is that. Um, you know, we're losing this, you know, this one, you know, pretty big studio and this one pretty large um, uh, uh, venue and, and, and kind of a holder of multiple rights and multiple uh, uh, IPs that are out there that, uh, you know, that, that are, uh, you know, ripe for, um, you know, for, you know, for, for either rebooting or, or for uh, continuing. And, you know, I think it's pretty accurate to say that this is probably not good for competition. It's not good for creativity necessarily, because that's just one less studio to go pitch your movie to. So I, I agree and slightly disagree. I mean, you're not wrong with everything you're saying, because yeah, it does make Disney a bigger monolith than what it was already. And it was already mega big. Um, I don't know. I, I, funny enough the only thing i'm thinking about is like you know what if we can get rid of fox news out of this which i know has nothing to do with this i, I would have been okay with any any of the the cause of you know any of the um other problems that could come along with it but i know again I was yeah exactly that wasn't part of the deal unfortunately so you yeah. know um but, i mean obviously you know one of the things one, oh go ahead no i was about to say definitely is it's it is it does become a problem because it like it is a bigger model than what it was but I feel like even out of this, there might be some things that are come out come out of it that may not make that true. You know, th- th- maybe another studio could open up. Maybe some splinter stuff could 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 break off. I don't know. But sure, it all yeah. depends on how they on how they operate too. Because if they keep um, something like Fox Searchlight, you know, something where like there's more indie indie type movies that are being produced under the banner, 
you know, under, you know, under a different uh, um, uh, banner, under the major, um, under the big Disney umbrella, then right. you know maybe that's still possible. Um, and it is possible because they, I mean, it from what from by accounts, and I don't have any inside knowledge. Obviously, none of us do, but it seems like Disney's kind of lets seems to let the 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 IPs kind of do their thing mm-hmm. for the most part. So yeah, now I mean, whether that. Yeah, use the Pixar um, example as a, you know, as, as a guiding light, maybe. But um, mm. I would say that you know, and and I've read a couple things um, online. One of them uh, being um, uh, something that William Bruce West. Shout out to William Bruce West on Twitter, William B West on Twitter. Um, you know, uh, stuff that he wrote and some other stuff that was in a similar vein. In that, um, you know, this is really Disney. Um, uh, bulking up on uh, content for its right. to be released streaming service to compete. We say that in the, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, exactly. And this is a, a huge get for them in mm. in that uh, they're bringing in this this gigantic portfolio of intellectual property. And no more Simpsons. I'm just <laughs> so that being said, all that being said, you know, welcome home to the uh, uh, cinematic universe, and we're hoping that uh, this also means that we're going to see more Fantastic Four. Um, comics now, or better Fantastic Four related stuff. Yes, it's curious that the X Men have ha- had more titles in the last couple of years, along with the Fantastic Four being teased in Marvel Legacy and their return probably sometime maybe 2018. We can assume, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it lines up perfectly. Yeah, we're still. Even though Fox had X Men and and Fantastic Four, surprisingly enough, they didn't merge the two, or they didn't put those two into a universe together. Well, that might have been the next step had the Fantastic Four movie actually succeeded. Mm, they've had time to do that, though. They could have they could have worked that out prior to that. But yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. Um, and it's not like the, 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 I guess the good thing about the X Men part is that well, they don't have to necessarily they don't have to really do that much to fold in into this because they've already done days of future past. They could do something similar and just be like, Hey, <laughs> hey, these people are showing up now. Right. So, all right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds reveals new Deadpool two art featuring cable. Yeah. Just, of course, very Deadpool ish. Mm-hmm. Of course. And there's a tweet that Reynolds shared after the Disney deal went through. Oh, um, right. Come on this one down here. Oops. Oh, was it embedded in that article? It was. This one? You talking about this one? Or are we talking about another one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Apparently, you can't actually blow the Matterhorn. As oh, yeah, that's it. Being kicked <laughs> out of Disney. Disneyland. Or Disney World, whichever one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spoilers, Walking Dead, Star, Talk, Surprise, Upcoming Departure. Bye-bye, Carl. <laughs> you didn't even let me ring the bell. Eh, I don't think... Does anybody even care outside of the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, inspired by Black Panther, Bam Cinematech presents Fight the Power Black Superheroes on Film. Yeah, Bam is short for the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Or Brother at Mar- Marvel. Shout out to Sanford Green for that one. <laughs> but yeah, this is basically what it sounds like this is a, um, a series of film screenings, which will include like the Blade series um, and a bunch of black exploitation movies and stuff like that. So if you are in New York, like uh, one of the members of the panel is Olive. Friday, February the 2nd through Sunday, February 18th. This is going on. Um, 
like I said, it's uh, it's going to yeah, it's leading up to basically Black Panther and like there's going to be Blade and it's going to be a bunch of um um uh, black exploitation movies and like Spawn, Meteor Man also, and it looks like Catwoman. Oh God, yikes! Uh, yeah, but yeah. So if you're there, you check don't it skip out. out on that one. So yeah. <laughs> brother from another planet will looks like a uh, Men in Black. Uh, meteorite man, but yeah, light stuff, lot of stuff. Oh, attack the block, which I still haven't seen yet. Uh, John Boyega, so yes, it sounds like some good stuff and a couple of plonkers. <laughs> All righty, unmute Netflix DreamWorks partner for six animated shows in 2018, including Trolls, Boss Baby series, and uh, Shira. Yeah, I was about to say, so the bigger takeaway in this one is Shira is going to be rebooted on Netflix and also the the showrunner is um, comic creator Noel Stevenson. Yes. Lumberjanes. Yep, from Lumberjanes. Uh, Two more Marvel family members cast for Shazam. Some kids. I think one of them's from It, right? Uh, I think no, Billy Batson is from Shazam, right? It's from from It, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, one of the girls is from Fresh Off the Boat. Okay. And sound like there's other kids from the middle. Keeping it in the ABC family. Mm. Basically. Two more uh actually that was that one. Supergirl as this is us actor in a mysterious role. Which sounds like this this is us might be the other the grounds where they start getting actors from because you know, this is where we got um Scarecrow from also. Randall from This Is Us is in Black Panther. Yeah. So it's it, it is it is joining Game Cat of played uh Hero on Heroes. Mm-hmm. Wait, who's that? The dad. The dad. I don't. Know. I've never watched. Michael Vince Amelia. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Peter. Peter. Yeah. 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 Was his name Peter? Yeah. On Heroes. Yeah. yeah. I've never watched this as us, so I didn't know. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I I have, it's good. Uh, when I have like an episode or two to catch up for the fall finale. Cool. Aquaman director debunks ridiculous fan theory about films villain. Oh no. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even read it. So, I think it was like I guess there was a theory that there was going to be three v- different villains in it, but I think it's actually one. Uh, yeah, I'm just like that's what it does say here. So, okay, and I think that's Ocean Master. Yeah, we already knew was going to be in it. Though I guess Black uh, Black Manta was cast too, though. Maybe they um, set, set him yes. up. Yeah, I mean, that's not saying that he's going to be the villain, and he just he could be. Set yeah, maybe just have him play a role, be like a mortal thing. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Vaughn is playing Kingsman Three. Yeah, which surprise. Which I still hadn't seen Golden Circle yet, but I just bought it, so hopefully it's gonna be alright. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. And over comic news. Comic news. Your library card just unlocked a lot of Marvel hundreds of new titles hit public digital libraries Hoopla service. Which we've talked about this the service before. So if you got a library card and you can sign up to for Hoopla, and you know. I have a library card somewhere that I've lost. Oh no! Like I gotta find out. Yeah. I gotta find out if my libraries uh, participate in Hoopla. I haven't gotten around. Yeah, to you it. can find that out on the site. I think yeah. most of the major ones. Are, so if if not that one, one near you probably is. So yeah, I was about to say I've got a library card like uh, you know New York City and Brooklyn. So you know, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So pretty neat service and check it out. Uh, we found out what the some of the at least the gold. Uh, we call it gold level. Comments will be for Free Comic Book Day 2018. Mm-hmm. Secret projects for DC or uh, some DC event probably uh, Watchmen related, we can assume. Yeah, that's a, that's and some... then 
Avengers and Captain America are going to share the Marvel free comic book day. Yep. A couple of image books. So uh, now that that will actually arrive right before Avengers Infinity War, I believe. Uh, when is it? Like the 18th? First weekend in May and Avengers is May something. So Yeah. Well, yep. Might be the same weekend because I think it's actually been falling on the same weekend as a big Marvel movie because they always is, are, have it on May something and free comic book day is for first Saturday in May. Yeah, so it's May 5th for free comic day. I thought um, I think that's the Infinity War was like the 18th or something. No, I think it's 5th. Okay. I might be okay. wrong, but I feel like it, I've seen, I've watched the trailer enough where I feel like I've seen that uh, date come up. Sure. Uh, oh. Giant monster targets Wakanda in this Black Panther long live the king exclusive. But yeah, we are kind of already talked about that earlier, but uh, Priest oh. Christopher Priest returns to Black Panther and Everett K. Ross with 2018 annual. I don't know why this thing's not loading, but yeah. So yeah, Chris. Uh, so it's pretty much self-explanatory. Yeah. This was also a, an interview with a priest about um, come back to that book. So. Uh, Avengers hit back to basics with Comicsology original series. Again, like I said, check out Comicsology originals. There's some some decent stuff in there. Uh, Banner is back and angry in Avengers No Surrender Month Three. Oops. There you go. Uh, Infinity Countdown. Marvel reveals who holds the final Infinity Stones. Eh. <laughs> eh. No more events for 18 months. Oh, wait. We, though, when people are complaining about that, I do mention that technically this isn't a crossover event. This is just a yeah, line wide. All these other ones are minis. So, yeah. for now, a lot though. Uh, we talked about this in comic review. Uh, all new Wolverine's sister finally gets the perfect coat name. People were loving that article, by the way. Mm. Get them clicks. <laughs> uh, Jean Grey title ends in January because hey, it's gonna she's gonna have a mini series after all. Right, we were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Jim Starlin explains why he's writing his final Thanos story. Yeah, until it's not. Until he has something else to say about the character. I don't know. This article makes it sound like he's like, well, no, it's, 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 he's done enough. This yeah. is it, basically. Uh. Secret History of Comics tells the personal story behind Milestone. I need to catch up with this. I need to begin it. Uh, Wait, I thought... Okay, I'm about to say, I thought you did, but I thought you did watch this. I wrote the article for it. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I watched the... Whatever, the episode. Yeah, the video. Episode. I haven't watched an episode of the actual... Uh, I got you. AMC okay. series. Boom hires Fried Pie Organizer, promotes three others. Congrats. Dick Tracy returns to comic book beat with new 2018 ongoing... Yeah, it's going to be on Archie Comics, of all places, um, on April 11th, with a year one style debut. Afterlife with Archie and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina will return. Yeah, apparently um, it's been stalled for one reason or another, because I guess the, the writers been doing other stuff. I don't know. But yeah, it'll be back. And Valiant, Shadow, Valiant Shadow Man returning in March. Okay, exactly. So apparently, this is something I did not know, but um, Shadow Man appeared in a one shot with uh, this mm-hmm. case, is it Ray Freeman? The, the, the oh, rapper? yeah, I wrote that article, I wrote the exclusive and that original Ray Schmurmer news <laughs> article. Weird. Okay, well, there you go, Shadow Man, Valiant. Have at it. Meet the dinosaur next door in Boom Studios Boulevard. So, yeah, this is uh, Boulevard's a new book from Boom about a dinosaur that lives like Nora, but uh, and this the only one who knows about it is this little girl. And I guess this is going to be a 
graphic novel picture book by Sean Rubin of uh, Miles Guard fame. And uh, it's coming out what, next year or something. Yeah, sure. And it was just an article with him about that. Um, Francis Manpole asked for help in investigation of sister-in-law's murder. Jeez. Yeah, so apparently uh, November, uh, Francis Manipal's sister-in-law was murdered in Toronto and police are still looking for uh, the person that did it. They have like a uh, close TV, close circuit TV cam of the person, but they still haven't don't have any leads. So they've been kind of reaching out and trying to, to find out something about it. It's kind of sad news. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully they find the person behind it. Mm-hmm. National Cartoonist Society option raises 50 50- $3,000 for hurricane relief. Cool. Yeah. So this has been going on since uh, the, the nearest end of November. And uh, so far, 53,000 has been going on. And like I said, the proceeds have been going to um, hurricane relief. Fund, so that's great. And it's been some stuff by some folks that, you know, I think it's actually still going on. So you might be able to still get some stuff. I'm not sure. Nope. The auction was completely sold out. Never mind. There it is right there in the article. So good deal. And last but not least, a new video with details on Marvel Spider-Man from Insomniac Games. So yeah, we were talking about this before, beforehand. This was just happened on Twitter um, as we were starting. So apparently, if you did not know, there's going to be a new Star Spider-Man game on the PlayStation Four, exclusive to the PlayStation Four next year. And um, the PlayStation Twitter account to, uh, popped up this uh, this uh, new video showing some looks like some new footage from it from the Insomniac game, and I can't wait for it because this game looks good. I hope it is going to be. Yeah. I bought a PlayStation just to play this game next year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So there you go. Yeah. And that's it for the news. All righty. So I guess before we uh, outro and do our last plugs, let me read our last ad for the night. Keep it short and simple. Help keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon because it is almost Christmas. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, toys, apparel, etc., etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners and viewers at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. Make sure to follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDLGG98 and at CBCron. Agent70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And RoddyCat is at RoddyCat and at News Nerds Need on Twitter, and at CB Caps on IG. <laughs> Is that Doug? <laughs> it sounded like Doug, didn't it? Just for a hot second? Shout out I mean, to... If, if Doug is the emperor, then yes. <laughs> Shout out to PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. His website, popculturenetwork.com. And... Oops. Yeah, we'll have an episode next week because that's before Christmas. Yep. So I have no idea when we're going to do our end of the year show because I'm going to be gone for like two weeks after Christmas. Which is fine because, I mean, we don't, we have rarely done it in December anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, we'll have one episode before Christmas next week. And then who knows what the schedule will be like. Yeah, we'll keep you guys posted via Twitter or Instagram. So uh, stay, you know, stay, uh, stay abreast of what's happening. 
Follow CB Cron on Twitter. There you Stay go. Up to date. And we are the Comic Book Chronicles, and we are signing off. And to and and as I was saying earlier, we have uh, some outro music to uh, celebrate the return or uh, the coming home of uh, the X Men and Fantastic Four to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's it's Doctor Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my words.